Welcome to the Everyday Lions Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lyons. Welcome back, guys, to the first episode for 2021. Can you believe it's 2021? I had a few weeks off with uh, sickness. I actually lost my voice there for a bit and had a bit of a break, but I hope you all had a good Christmas and a happy new year. I personally went down to the New Year's Eve carnival in Burnie and went along to watch Stuart McSwain after all the hype of his fantastic run at Penguin where he ran a 350 mile which is absolutely awesome. It was great watching Stewie nearly break four minutes around West Park and if you know anything about that oval it's uh, notoriously windy every year and there's actually a bit of a hill on that oval so to see him go close to four minutes was amazing. But even better than that, it was awesome to watch close mate Troy Atkins get up for the win. I know Troy has been trying for a number of years to win this race and he's such a ripper bloke and a really good mate and he wouldn't see anyone who trains harder. So well done to Troy, just awesome mate. And my training group is off to the Arboretum this week. Uh, we haven't been here as a group but I've trained here a number of times just uh, individually and with other groups myself and actually raced here a few times years ago. It's such a beautiful surface and location and yeah, I think the guys will love it. If you'd like to be part of the Everyday Lions Pride, you can check out more information at www.everydaylions.org. We're an inclusive bunch of runners and we've achieved endless PBs and we'd love to have you part of the team. So if you want to find out more information, head over to that website. A special mention to Emily Ratai and Darlene Jarks, who both PB'd over five kilometres just before Christmas. I think both took about 30 seconds again off their PBs. So well done, ladies. Entries are now open for the Everyday Lions and Tax Centre Great Train Race. It is $30 for adults and $10 for kids. It's a seven kilometer race for the adults and a two kilometer race for kids. Runners will be going head to head against the Don River Railway. This was on years ago. So if you're looking for a fun run on April 11th, 2021, check out the Everyday Lions and Tax Center Great Train Race. But some more news to go along with a train race. We are going to have a charity Carbo Load Feast. And all the money raised from this carbo load function will be going to the Tim Blair Run for Gids organisation. Tim Blair was a previous guest on the podcast, and it's just such a, for a good cause. It's for kids suffering from cancer. And a little bit about the event: we'll have some high-profile distance runners speaking. Uh, at the moment, we've confirmed Millie Clark, the Olympian, as one of our guest speakers and we're in the process of organising a few other runners. Not only that, uh, runners will get a beautiful meal that will have pastas and salads and all those sorts of things along with a, tri a train ride that will go over the course and you can have some nibbles and drinks on this train ride. Uh, so stay tuned for prices on this event. Uh, tickets will go on sale on Friday or Saturday this week. So if you do want to find out more information about that, just head over to the Everyday Lions and Tax Centre Great Train Race Facebook page. Okay, to this week's guest. This week's guest is David Bailey. I've known David for quite a while. I first met David at the Tasmanian Running Mountain Championships. Uh, yeah, I was in front of him going up the hill, but once we went down, going down uh, Mount Wellington terrain, he absolutely flogged me. David is such a ripper bloke. He's a talented trail runner. You'll see him at just about every single event. He's won numerous events in Tasmania. Uh, some are the Triple Top Mountain Run, the Convicts and Wenches. He was second at the National 100km titles in Gold Coast in 2015. He's solely concentrating on the trails now. 
and for that his road times have actually improved. Uh, when he's not running, David is a lawyer and a ripper guy. If you did enjoy this podcast, please reach out to David Bailey. Until next time, I've been your host, Brian Lyons. This is the Everyday Lions podcast, and happy running. Here's David. Welcome to the Everyday Lions podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lyons. Today's guest is David Bailey. Uh, if you don't know David Bailey in the fun running scene, you would have had to have been living under a rock. I think David's done every single fun run to man and especially in Tasmania. And he loves to run trails and lots and lots of trails. Are you there, David? Yeah, mate. How are you going? Good, buddy. How's your day been? Yeah, good so far. Got up for an early run and just an easy 15 today. So in the drizzle and the wind, but no, it was, it was good. Had a couple of coffees to get ready for this. So feeling pretty good, mate. Great. And uh, the coffee habit, is that a regular thing? Do you have a few coffees throughout the day? Yeah, coffee is a big thing for me. Um, so usually I go for a run and have my coffee afterwards. So um, especially on the weekends and during this holiday sort of period, I like to have a bit of chill out time because um, work's pretty hectic so together with my run and just chilling having some coffee reading the paper that's my time just to chill out and you know think about something other than work which is always good cool and did you want to tell the listeners what you do for a job yes yeah, so i'm a um a lawyer i'm a senior associate at warramos martin lawyers in hobart um so i'm a property and commercial lawyer um so mostly work on property sales and big commercial transactions like acquisitions and shareholders agreements and things like that so um plenty of interesting stuff on cool and the law side of things is that what you always wanted to do when you grew up you also sort of had that picture in your mind that you wanted to be a lawyer uh, not at all um i grew up on flinders island my um most of my family still live over there so i've got a big farming property over there and my mum and dad run a a uh, mechanical workshop over there um, so growing up, I did a lot of work with my pop on the farm and um, considered myself a bit of a country boy um, and worked with my dad as a mechanic as well, um, which I really enjoyed. But got to the end of the year 10 and just had some really good teachers who encouraged me to go to college. And then again, in college, I had some really good teachers who encouraged me to go to uni. So um, I never planned on being a lawyer, um, but here I am. Great. And I'm going to chat a little bit later about the whole Flinders Island thing and the running trails and what goes on on Flinders Island. But how did you actually get into the running? How did this all come about for you? Uh, I used to race motocross. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but you have to be quite fit for motocross because um, it's really hard on the upper body and you actually get a lot of cardio, a bit of, bit of a cardio workout on the bike. So I started running to get fit for motocross because I was racing at a state level. Um, and then one day mum encouraged me to enter into the local fun run. So I thought I'd give that a crack and I'm someone who doesn't like to half-ass things. So if we're going to do anything, I want to do it hundred percent. So train for this fun run, um, and decided to head out for my first run to train for it. Um, wanted to run 5k in my first go and just head out the gate. I had a 5k course planned out. Ended up getting back to the gate absolutely stuffed after 5Ks in, I think it was 29 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, but I was stoked to get through it and um, not collapse. That was the main thing. Um, so, yeah, I had, I think, about a month to prepare for the fun run. Yeah. Um, ended up having a really good run. I think I ran like 19 minutes or something like that um, and managed to take out my first fun run. So that was pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, just... Ever since then, I've just had the bug and um, really wanted to do it just for my own health and enjoyment, really. Great. And when you say you had the bug, like, what was the bug for you? Did you just have that euphoria high straight away or was it like, this is cool, it hurts, but I still like it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I just had this feeling that I just wanted to do it every single day after that. Um, it's just hard to explain. I just... yeah. It hurt um, that first sort of real training run and the race as well. But uh, I don't know, I just ever since then, it's just been really good for my, my mental health and my physical health as well. And 
um, especially with my job and with uni as well. I was studying at the time. So it was a good time just to head out the door and get out into the bush or on a nice country road and just relax and um, to take me away from the general stresses of life. So, yeah, it's just one of those things that, you know, I think I'll be doing for the rest of my life, that's for sure. Yeah, great. And it is. It's so good for the mental health and it's relatively cheap. Well, yeah, yeah. relatively cheap, depending on yeah, Choose why you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And how did it progress from this first fun run, mate? What happened from there for you? Um, after the fun run, uh, being from a local sort of a small community like Flinders Island, everyone's really encouraging. Um, so after that run, everyone started encouraging me to just to keep, you know, getting better and um, keep training. So I decided to do that, um, end up, ended up running three times a week or something like that, running about 15 Ks. And at that time I thought that was pretty serious training. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I ended up moving down Hobart for uni. Um, so I had my, um, my son on the run the bridge. So I started training for the 10 K never run 10 K in training before. So I just headed out there and I think I ran like 42 minutes, something like that. Great. Um, and that was amazing because that was my first major fun run experience. You know, there was helicopters flying overhead and just the excitement on the start line and all the encouragement you get as you run along as well. Um, so I was absolutely stoked with that. And, you know, that just set me up for um, just to keep continuing to progress and become the best that I can be as a runner. So after that, I was just signing up to races left, right and centre, um, including the Bruny Island Ultra. Um, yeah. Probably six months later, which was in hindsight, a little bit stupid, but um, yeah. someone, told me, <laughs> someone told me I wouldn't be able to do it based on my current training. And when someone tells me that I can't do something, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great, uh, what's the word I'm after? It's a great resilience to have that anyway, mate, to be able to say, no, fuck you. Oh, uh, I, I can, I can do this. Uh, and, and I think that's probably served you well uh, running those distances because anyone that runs anything, over 40k I think it's pretty mad if you ask me so yeah I mean at the time as well I was transitioning out of motocross because I had a really serious motocross accident yeah Uh, I was about um, 13 when it happened but basically the throttle stuck on this really powerful race bike um, and it flipped and I did a somersault the bike come down landed really heavily on my leg ended up cracking quite a few ribs um, and then Unfortunately, I damaged some lymph nodes in my leg, um, which means that I then developed a permanent condition known as lymphedema. Um, So just a basic rundown of it. Um, You need lymphatic fluid that pumps around your body to lubricate your bones. And it's just a general sort of thing that happens in our bodies. But the lymph nodes are like the pumps that pump it around. And after that motocross accident, some of those lymph nodes were severely damaged, um, which left led to my um, left leg actually swelling up quite severely because the lymphatic fluid actually couldn't pump around my left leg. Um, so when I first started running, I was wearing track pants at the time because um, my leg was quite swollen and obviously quite a bit different to the other one. Yeah. And, you know, after a, a year or so of running, it just started to go down and the specialist right. had never seen this happen before. So running actually created a change and allowed the lymphatic fluid to continue to pump around my body. So amazing thing that, you know, I'm thankful for, um, for running and what it's done for me. That's for sure. I'm completely back to normal now, which is great. And because of that accident, was that the catalyst for you to say, Oh, like this is serious. Like that, that was pretty serious. What happened to me? Were you scared that something more serious would happen? So the running was a safer option as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was riding a motorbike since I was four years old um, because my dad's a bit of a rev head and a really good rider. So he got me into it and, you know, I'm really thankful for the opportunities that it gave me and all the fun that I had. But yeah, I broke a couple of bones and uh, jumped, started jumping ramps and things like that, which, you know, if something happens mechanical or something like that, you can really, you know, you can end up killing yourself, breaking your neck, something like that. So Definitely that was the catalyst, I think, for um, moving into running and moving away from racing motocross. Yeah, great. Oh, I think it's a good decision. You're running all right at the moment, mate. So, Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, I'm thankful to uh, not have any more broken bones, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, well, I'll, I've broken a few bones just from uh, 
riding a unicycle. So I, I know what that's like. It's not nice when you break something. So no, definitely not. <laughs> and what does your typical training week look like now, mate? Um, so originally I was training for the road. So I had the stock standard sort of typical marathon sort of training, um, three sessions a week, short intervals, long intervals, and then a tempo. Um, and then I had a long run and just some easy runs to fit around that. But in the last probably two to three years, um, after I got the trail running bug after running triple tops, I've completely moved to trail. Um, and I think I have a really unorthodox sort of training regime now. Um, and I probably wouldn't recommend it to anyone else, but it just seems to work for me. Yeah. Um, so these days, uh, I'd sort of Monday would be a, a session day. Um, around 14 Ks, I would warm up for 10 minutes. I'd do a um, probably a 30 to 40 minute threshold on the trails. Um, so about 400 meters of elevation. So plenty of climbing, plenty of downhill, plenty of technical stuff. Um, and then that's where I think that I've developed my speed, just having that uh, speed with all that variety on the trail. Um, so that'd be my first session of the week on the Monday. Um, Tuesday would just be an easy run on the trails, somewhere between um, 12 to 14 Ks again. Wednesday would be my next session, be exactly the same thing as Monday. Yeah. Um, except it would be on a completely different trail. Okay. Um, you know, it's almost a different training session again, um, different downhills, different uphills, things like that. Yeah. Um, Thursday again, an easy run, um, 14 to 15, um, Friday would either be another easy run or if I wanted to do a race or something like that, it'd be an easy run. But if I wasn't doing a race on Saturday, it'd be a, another hard session, the same as Monday or Wednesday, but again, on a different okay. trail. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, as I said before, Saturday is a race or just an easy run and Sunday is a, a long run of about, um, two hours to two hours 30. Yeah. So considering I run ultras and um, train for longer events, it's not a very long, long run. Yeah. Uh, but I found for me personally, I think I've got a pretty good endurance um, engine. So my main issue is just focusing on my speed and my um, thresholds and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I've definitely moved towards quality over um, quantity. I was previously running probably 160Ks a week. Okay. Um, down to about 100Ks, just a lot more quality and a lot more elevation in that as well. So, yeah, my three sessions are just essentially the same thing, just over different trails. So it's very unusual sort of training. Yeah. Um, but it's just what works for me, and I'm running faster on the road than ever. So, um, yeah, it's really strange that that sort of system works for me. But I think as a runner, it takes a while to find what does work for you, and you found that that does. And we talk about specificity in training, and if you're running trails – what's better than that isn't it like you can't if you're gonna you know get used to running downhill or uphill or over all these crazy rocks like you try runners do um i think doing it like basically as a threshold pace which is not far off race pace i think that's pretty good training mate so yeah i mean when you hit the downhills you sort of you know you can be running low three minute k's sort of yeah. thing so getting a lot of variety in there um then on the uphills you're building strength so I just think it's an all sort of round workout. Um, but, yeah, no, it's working for me. So Yeah, great. Really happy with my training at the minute. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing. Like, it, it's good to be outside the box. If you've found it works and you're running as quick as you have on the roads as well, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, definitely, um, because it's not something I set out to do because I've been focusing yeah. on trails. Um, but it's pretty cool to, like, go completely off trail training to running a you know, a road race and running a 5k PB or a 10k PB, which I've been doing. So it's been excellent. Fantastic. And have you found that injury wise, like your body is pulling up better from, from that as well? Like the less mileage and. Yeah. Well, um, when I first started running, I was pretty much injured every um, one to two months. Yeah. So I've had basically every single injury that you can imagine. Um, I had really terrible luck when I first started running and, I'm one of those personalities and I'm always trying to push harder. So I end up getting burnt out and things like that. And there was a stage where I had this really bad hip injury um, and I just couldn't move freely at all. It was so painful. I had it for about a year. Um, it was after I ran the 100K nationals on the Gold Coast where I had one of my best runs ever. Um, ended up placing second in the nationals. Um, so I was stoked with that. But 
I remember saying after the event to someone that, you know, if I end up injured after this, I'll be happy for a while because I had a good race. Um, yeah. Next minute I was injured for 12 months and I just got really down and I just remember waiting um, in the Sandy Bay uh, ocean there uh, in the middle of winter. It was, you know, pouring down a rain, brutally cold, trying to get myself right. And I, you know, I was thinking, I don't want, don't want to do this anymore. Um, I just can't. It's just frustrating. It's, you know, always injured, things like that. Um, but eventually I worked my way through that. A lot of um, physio and stuff like that, a lot of pool running. And the main catalyst for me, I think, was, look, this is a sponsor plug. Um, yeah, um, it's okay. Supported by Outra. Um, so I'm not, I'm not giving them a plug per se, but it is true. I wasn't sponsored at the time, but I moved to Outra Shoes, which are, are more sort of a natural sort of a shoe, which makes you sort of um, land more on your forefoot or midfoot um, okay. because of zero drop. Because um, I was a really bad heel strike, and I think that was a lot of my issues. Um, as soon as I went to Outra, you know, over the next couple of months, I started to develop more of a forefoot strike pattern. Um, I remember running on the track, and Peter Lydon, one of my old coaches, he used to call me the, I can't remember what it was now, it was the rhinoceros. Just imagine how that runs. Because <laughs> yeah. I was just flat, flat, flat on the ground just because of my um, footballs are so heavy. But yeah, I've, now I'm really light on my feet and um, I land more on my forefoot to midfoot. And for the last two and a half years, I've hardly had any injury issues. So that's been really good. Fantastic. That's, that's unreal. And you did touch on your national championships. You beat me to actually mentioning that. Did you want to uh, tell me all about the day and, and how that unfolded for you and who helped you up to that race? And uh, yeah, just, just, I suppose how it went because a hundred kilometers is a bloody long way. Yeah, it is a really long way. Um, at the end of the day, I'm always thankful for my family and the support they give me. So ultimately I'm always going to say that um, the main reason I was able to get through that race and have a good race was because of the support that I get from my family. Um, at the time I had a lot of support from my mum and my dad and my sister and my sister actually came up and she crewed me on the Gold Coast Really? Stood in the same spot for eight hours in the searing heat, um, handing me bottles of water. So, um, you know, I've just had the most amazing support from my family, which has been really cool. Um, Ian Cornelius, who was the race organiser for the um, Gold Coast Nationals, um, he also organised convicts and winches. Um, sadly, he passed away at the beginning of this year, um, but he was a big mentor. When I first started running and, you know, he just called me up one day and said, you know, Dave, you should give this 100K Nationals a crack. I think you'd do pretty well. Um, you're running really well at Convicts. Come over interstate and um, we'll support you and we'll see how you go. So he was a really big um, supporter of mine. I'm really thankful for all that he did. Um, and he's going to be sadly missed as well. Um, I was getting coached as well at the time. I've had a few coaches over the years. And as you said before, I think the most valuable thing you can um, learn in running is you got to find what's right for you. Um, yep. so listen to what everyone says and take what works for you. So at that time, um, Josh Harris was coaching me and I'm really yep. thankful for what he did to get me to the start line as prepared as I could be. Um, so I went up there at the Gold Coast, being a Tassie boy, I was training a lot um, in thermals and things like that, trying yep. to get acclimatised. And I was just freaking out because the longest I'd ever ran in training was um, Bruni, so that was 64. I just didn't know what the body would do after that sort of distance. So I lined up. I didn't know what to do. You know, there was um, some amazing runners there on the day. Um, you had Dion, who, you know, he just broke the 50K uh, national record. Uh, so yep. sort of runners of that calibre there. So I just decided to take off at my own pace and see what would unfold on the day. Um, so it was a big bunch of us from the very start, um, Dion and a couple of others, and I sort of tried to hang with them for a while. Um, I think we got to about 30Ks and they just dropped me. So I was sitting back in about fifth or something like that. Okay. So the rest of the day I was just trying to zone in on my pace, what was best for me, trying to keep that heart rate low um, and obviously trying to take on as much fluids as possible because it's absolutely brutal on the Gold Coast when you're from Tassie, as you know. Um, oh. It is, it is indeed. <laughs> yeah. So I just, you know, I just tried to zone out as much as I could and just think about all the support I'd had um, from my family and just thinking about them. And, um, you know, that was my main motivating factor, I think. 
Um, and I think around the 50K mark, Dion and another really elite runner, they dropped out um, and they were laying down on the pavement, just absolutely cooked. So it wasn't really a good sign for me because if runners yeah. like that were dropping out of the race, um, you know, I didn't know what to expect. But um, got to about the 70K mark and I was in second place and Brendan Davies was running back the other way because he'd just done the shorter 50K. Um, and he just said, you know, mate, keep going. You're going awesome. You can do this. And that really sort of um, made me think that oh, I might be able to actually finish that, finish this race. And that was the first time I think that I thought that I could finish that race at about the 70K mark. After that, the body shut down. Um, oh, so I was absolutely horrendous for that last 30. And it's hard to describe what happens to your body when you haven't run that distance before. But I was just in absolute pain cave and I don't know how I did it, but I just started to break down the race and had to have a couple of stops and things like that. But um, eventually got through and yeah, I was just absolutely stoked. Um, and straight after that, I was just trying to hunt down and tell a milkshake because that's all I race. So I found one, but um, yeah, no, I was really stoked with that. Um, unfortunately, as I said before, I've been injured. I was injured shortly after that and I've got a bit of hamstring tendonitis, which is just an ongoing sort of thing, um, which stops me running probably anything over the marathon distance on the road. Okay. Um, even though I don't feel it in training or races of shorter sort of duration, it's, you know, if I try and run a marathon now, that hamstring really plays up. Yeah. Um, so that's why I haven't really ran any more 100Ks on the road or anything like that. It's just because, um, you know, just in my niggly sort of ongoing injuries are probably going to be permanent, but... Um, I developed those a long time ago. Yeah. And uh, that day you run eight hours, three minutes. And I've got it here somewhere. Eight hours. 21, was it? Was yeah, no. eight hours, three minutes and 21 seconds, according yeah. to my notes. So uh, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty fancy time, mate. And, and, you, and you said that you can't do any longer events because of your hamstring injury. Is this something that you've just said, I don't, like I, I've, like you just said, yeah, it's not possible. I'm not going to even push to do that. Or you sort of made that mind up because you'd rather run other events and not worry about getting injured. Yeah. Well, as I said before, I've got that personality where I'll yep. sign up for something even if I think I can't do it. So I did that a few times. Um, and I think the real catalyst for me was Ross one year when I was leading um, to about, I think it was 30Ks or something like that. And just the hammies got worse and worse. And I was going from, you know, 340s pace to like five minute Ks. I just couldn't run any faster. Um, I had to pull out of the race. And I signed up for the Launceston Marathon, exactly the same thing again. I was leading until about 41.5Ks. Um, <laughs> okay. um, just started to get slower and slower and um, got beaten again. And I was just so sore after that race. It's just frustrating when you you know that you're capable of a lot better times, yeah. Um, but you just can't physically do it just because the hamstring. Um, so I think that hopefully we'll get better, and I'm working on it a lot. Um, and trails, I don't feel it at all. So I could probably yeah. run 100 k's on the trail. That's I think it's just a re repetitive motion running on the road at the same pace because you've got the same stride length. Yeah, um, I think that's what does it. And I've had. I also had three DNFs at Bruni because of it. So okay, uh, you got to call it quits, quits at some time, um, I guess. And that's what I've sort of done and just been focusing on the, the trails now. Yeah, great. And do you do strength work as well within your your uh, your running? Do you have a routine two, three times a week? Yes, every day after work. It's nothing really all that structured. Um, but I do a lot of um, weighted sort of squats and um, lunges and things like that. So I'll do a couple of exercises after work when I, I sort of get home, do a couple of stretches, then do a couple of exercises, nothing longer than 20 minutes. Um, so do that every day. Um, but I am a big believer in strength work and making sure that you're um, sort of all round sort of ready to run rather than just focusing on just running and nothing else because that's when you get injured for sure. Yeah, no, perfectly. You've, yeah, you've nailed that. I think all the times and I've stopped the one percenters is when a little, little small injury turned into something big. So it's so important, those one percenters. Yeah. yeah. I get up and 
I um, go on a roller. So I, I roll and have my okay. example, sort of stuff like that. Um, I don't stretch before I run or anything like that, but I yeah. stretch when I get home. Just I'm sitting at a desk all day. Um, yeah. Just all that great for running, I found. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I reckon that adds to the hamstring as well, mate, being in that yeah. position. Like the viewers can't see, but I've got that that right angle position. I don't reckon that's good for the hammies either. No, I don't I don't think so, but we'll see what happens. I'm working on it and I'm hopeful of running the hundred Ks again on the road because I'd like to sort of run low seven hours sort of time. Yeah. Um, I think I'm capable of that. Absolutely. Matter yeah. of getting there as well. And you're still very young, mate. How old are you now? You just turned thirty, Brian. Oh, so you're just a baby, mate. You're not even in your peak. That's <laughs> you're just a young buck. <laughs> Looking for those great hairs to start coming. <laughs> mate, you, no, wait, wait until you get bald. So, <laughs> um, but you've mentioned a few times that you're a prevalent racer. Is this just something you love to do? You just love to race? Is that why you do it as well and you work it within your training? Yeah, I guess, again, <laughs> I'm all about self-improvement. Um, so it might surprise some people, but I'm not overly competitive but I'm seriously competitive with myself. (laughs) So I'm trying to beat my times and become the better than my yesterday self. So that's my main aim. Um, So that's why I race is just to challenge myself and see improvement. And most especially now the uh, the trail running, I like to get out in different places that you ordinarily wouldn't get in training. Um, So that's why I love traveling interstate, just going to a completely new place not having been there before. And it's just an amazing spirit experience being out somewhere deep in the bush that you've never been before with a different wildlife. And um, that's one of the main reasons that I race. Right. Uh, I just have one particular memory. I think it's the first time we ever met and I think it was a mountain running titles. And I think I got you up the hills. And then as soon as we descend, I've never seen anyone descend so quickly. Uh, is the descending it something that you've always been good at? Is that, like, like, are you fearless? Because I've heard p- uh, people talk about trail running and I've read that it's like falling comfortably almost. Is that how you would say that as well? Um, trail running and running in general is very yeah. interesting, but trail running more so because different courses suit different runners and there can be quite a significant difference between two courses, between two runners. Um, so with trail running, it just pays to be as much of an all-rounder as you possibly can. Yeah. When I first started trail running, I definitely found that. Um, my main strengths were downhill um, and also on the flats because I could use a bit of my road speed. Okay. But I was just amazed by the top trail runners in Tassie in the mainland, how fast they could run uphill and over the technical stuff. And that's been a real major focus of mine in training is getting better uh, over the technical stuff and uphill as well, which I've improved out of sight now, I think. It's taken a lot of work. But, yeah, I've always, interestingly, been fast downhill. And I think that comes back to my motocross background, to be honest. Um, okay. Because motocross is all about finding the fastest lines. And I think that you've got to have really good um, eye-foot coordination um, in finding the best way down a hill. So I just let rip and just let it go and just try and fly. And I love the feeling of flying downhill as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's one of my real strengths and um, – I remember as a kid, like we used to run around a lot at the beach where we used to camp and just trying to run flat out across the rocks and things like that. Um, so even when I was a little kid, I was sort of doing stuff like that. And I just think well, I just might have carried over a little bit into my running, which has been good. Cry, mate. No, it's, it's unreal because I'm the biggest pussy ever. When I, go down here. I just don't, I, I just, I'm too scared. So it, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a talent, mate. And I think you can improve on it, but, you've definitely got a talent there. So, Yeah, and it's interesting seeing like some of the really, like on interstate, for example, you get some really fast marathoners turn up to trial races and just looking at their times and things like that, you'd think they'd smash the best trial runners, but it's almost a different type of running. It is. Um, and you need to train specifically for it because I've seen, you know, a lot of top sort of marathoners or shorter distance runners on the road turn up and they don't have very good races. And it's only because, you know, it's about um, specificity again and just training for that particular race, I think. Yeah. No, I no, you've not. Sure um, with the fastest yeah, guys yeah. on the road because I don't train for it and I don't have that ability. I just can't run as fast as those guys. Yeah. So, yeah. 
No, and you girls. totally nailed it, uh, mate. It's yes, it's, it's like you wouldn't turn up to a marathon without running at least a 30-odd K run. It's the same thing. You wouldn't turn up to a trail race without doing some sort of trail run if you want to go all right. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And you mentioned early on when we first started this podcast that you're a Flinders Island uh, boy. First of all, uh, what's it been like to, to get off the island and, and you talked about your love going back and seeing your family? Do you miss it at all? Is it, is it a place that you think, oh, gee, that would be nice to be? there instead of in Hobart? Yeah, I think in Hobart and where we are now, because we bought a house about two years ago now here in Midway Point. Yeah. Um, I'm finally feeling at home outside of Flinders. So Flinders will always be my home away from home. Um, but, yeah, it was a really great place to grow up, just the freedom that you have over there. I mean, I was driving a tractor around the paddock, um, slashing it for pop when I was, um, you know, eight years old or something like that. Um, just things like that and being able to just ride your bike without having to worry about um, dodgies, for example, stuff like that. So <laughs> freedom on the island. Uh, everyone knew it, everyone and um, had a really good sort of community who trusted one another and helped one another out. Um, and, yeah, I always considered myself a country boy. Um, and when I moved off in grade 10, that was the hardest thing I've ever done, you know, moving away from mum and dad. Um, every time I'd go over there and leave again on holidays was just so hard. So um, mum and dad made a massive sacrifice, um, you know, you know, letting me go away and supporting me through college and university and always be thankful for that. When I moved off the island, you know, I didn't know how to cook. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. Didn't know how to drive in the city. So it was absolute major culture shock. Um, and I went to college in Launceston and that was really tough. Um, mentally as well because you know just missing family and just wanting to be home so I guess that sort of gave me a little bit of toughness for my running um, yeah. trying to push through and um, yeah just get it done basically so I still really miss Flinders I try and get back as much as I can mum and dad come down here quite a lot my sister's in Launceston so I catch up with her quite a lot that's nice um, you know I go I go back for Easter and Christmas and things like that and um, stay at mum and dad's and my fiance Kirsty, she loves it over there as well, which is a real bonus. So yeah. beautiful place, and you know, I always love to go back there, and always consider it my home away from home. That's for sure. Awesome. And the trails, mate. You you talked about. Oh, I can't even think of the mountain. I know the name, but is is like the trail. Do you own the CR on there, mate? On Strava, have you have you uh, CR'd that for yourself? <laughs> uh, well, um, I don't have Strava. No. So. <laughs> I'm minimalist in terms of running. So yeah, there's a period there where I didn't even have GPS. I was just running from for time on my watch, right. a standard digital watch. Because I got burnt out because I wasn't on Strava, but I was always trying to beat my times and things like that and just got burnt out. So I gave it all away and just got a basic watch. Uh, but I moved back to GPS now just because I like looking at elevation and stuff like that. I haven't taken the um, step into the dark side and gone on Strava yet. <laughs> um, but is a, a big one for me. That's 756 metres elevation over 6Ks. Okay. And it's absolutely brutal. So I've been trying to crack um, one hour for it. Wow. For about two years. And the other day I got one hour, seven seconds. Oh, I'm absolutely sprinting. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the CR for sure up there. But um, it's absolutely brutal and it's going to be really hard to crack an hour on that one. Yeah. But, yeah, there's plenty of trails over there. Um, and I'm only starting to experience those now because when I was over there previously, I was still training for roads. So I was running along the country roads. Yeah. yeah beautiful place. And I know Find Your Feet and Henny Alston go over there with um, tour groups and things like that. And they have a ball on all the trails. So it's definitely a great place to run. Great. Oh, I have to get over there, mate. The only thing that puts me off is the price to get there. So yeah, it's very expensive, um, but you know you can't put a price on paradise, can you? No, mate. No, <laughs> absolutely. And some future goals, mate. You talked about possibly a hundred k if you get the hammy under control. What What's in the pipeline coming up for you? Um, a massive goal of mine has always been to get on an Australian team. Yep. Um, and after hundred k nationals, I got the call from the selectors. Um, but I was too late that year to make the team. Um, so since then, I've been really keen to make a team. 
Um, and at the moment, I think it'd probably be trail related or mountain running related. Yeah. So I'm just trying to, I think that's a major goal of mine, just to end up on a team. So I'd love to represent my country. Um, right. That'd be amazing. Other than that, I just want to become the best that I can be. So that's my goal every day is just to become the best runner that I can be and the best person I can be. So I think um, running and life go hand in hand, um, sort of, you know, trying to get through it all and trying to become the best that you can be at what you do. Yeah, absolutely. It's just simple word, consistency. Keep doing the same thing day in, day out. It's a pretty simple sport really, isn't it? And uh, yeah. try and try and not get injured. But if it gets you over the line, I think world mountain titles are in Indonesia. I saw the other day. I think it's close to home. So um, yeah, not sure that wouldn't be a bad one to go to, mate. No, I'd be all right if, you know, the borders are open and things like that. Yeah, sure I didn't even think of that. Eh? <laughs> I think it's in like um, late next year. Yeah. Um, at the minute, though, I'm still trying to – I'm not quite as fast as the fastest guy up, guys uphill, so I'm still working on that because um, you really notice that, you know, even the week – the run the other week with um, John Dutton, who's a really good runner. Yeah. Um, he sort of broke away from me a couple of times up the hills um, and I catch up again on the downhills and the technical stuff. So I definitely think I need to work on the hills a little bit more and, you know, I'm working on those every day trying to get faster uphill. I think the downhill and uphill sort of courses suit me better at the minute, but hoping to get yeah. stronger, stronger uphill. And I think uh, I think the best thing about mountain running, because I've, I've, I've had a few crack at a few nationals, I think it, it goes in years. So one year's downhill, one year's uphill. Yeah. So I guess you could pick a downhill year, mate, and <laughs> really go with your strengths. Yeah, I'd love if they did a real <laughs> technical one. That would be yeah. amazing. Yeah, um, I think. I think if it's in Canberra, I could see you liking that course. I went to nationals there one year and uh, that had a lot of downhill and I could see you just killing that. See how we go. You never know where it's going to end up, but Tassie as well. Exactly. And so when you're not running and being a lawyer, what does your life look like? I know that uh, you and Kirsty are pretty close. You're engaged now and seem to be married probably. Um, I guess she's a big part of your life. Yeah, definitely. So she um, travels with me everywhere we go. So usually I sort of get my racing. That's my part of the holiday. Um, and then the rest of the trip is all about Kirsty and she's an artist. Yeah. Um, you can probably see in the background. This is Fantastic Kirstie. artist. I've, I've seen the work on Facebook as well. It's awesome. So it's not mine, obviously. I can't paint to save myself. <laughs> um, but we is and we're foodies, so we like to go to um, nice places wherever we go um, interstate. Other than that, yeah, I just love spending time with family, and we've got a little pug now. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, cool. So spend a lot of time with her and taking her for walks and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'm a pretty chilled dude. I think <laughs> don't really. Yeah. I think I'm an extrovert or anything like. That. I think I'm more introverted. Yeah. Um, so I just like to hang around with friends and families, have, you know, quiet catch-ups and um, watch a bit of uh, Netflix here and there. But um, cool. other than that, I don't really – I just like to chill in my downtime, basically. Yeah. What are you into at the moment with Netflix? Um, all the big ones, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we're watching at the minute, but um, always a massive Games of Thrones fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Stranger Things, stuff like that. Um, a lot of comedies as well. Kim's Convenience. Um, cool. So, yeah, into the comedies, but always something new, which is good. Cool. I could recommend uh, Cobra Kai. I uh, started watching one episode and I just binged the rest of it. And uh, season three comes out on tomorrow, maybe. So I'm looking forward to that. Sorry. Just a bit random. Good things. I have to check it out. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And you've won convict and mentions a number of time is this like your favorite race because you seem to turn up every year and you seem just just love that 50k especially yeah i've i guess that a lot of the races that i've had there have been some of my most proudest races um one that really sticks in my mind is um one where my pop he passed away uh, i think it was a week beforehand or something like that and i was really close to my pop um, I remember turning up and wasn't feeling 100%, but I just wanted to run it for him. Um, so I've got a lot of fond memories of the of that race. Um, and I've gone into it injured a fair few times, not knowing whether I'll be able to finish or not. So it's been pretty cool to um, go in every time and have a good race. Yep. So, yeah, it'd be up there. Um, 
It's a beautiful course. As you know, you've run it and you've won the 25 a few times. Yeah, now. it's a good race. It's not it's not hardcore trail, so I enjoy that. No. It wasn't anything where I went, oh, gee, I won't do that again. I'll definitely do that race again. No, it's definitely a good race. Um, but, yeah, I think my favourite runs now are the more technical stuff, especially triple tops, I think, is a big one. Um, and I'm always thinking about that in training, trying to visualise that race, trying right. to get faster. And I had a bit of a disappointing, well, I wouldn't say, I was happy with the race, but I was hoping for a lot better time than that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's one I always have my eyes on. Gone Nuts is a really good one. Um, that suits me because a lot of variety, a lot of uphill, a lot of downhill, a lot of technical. Yeah, it's just too many to choose from, Brian. We're very lucky in the state because there's so many beautiful places. It's hard to really pick a race, to be honest. Yeah, beautiful. And that's the beauty. There's always something, and I'm pretty sure there'll be another event come up that'll even be more beautiful. Yeah, something involving a train, which would be very nice next yeah, year. Yeah, you should come down, mate. Yeah, the great train race, but it's only a road, oh. unfortunately. So it's yeah, a fail. But yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and some major injuries. You've mentioned your hammies and a lot of other things that have gone on. You think you're pretty good now with these new shoes? You're, uh, you're pretty happy that things are moving in the right direction? Yeah, I've... I just think that I was never really born to be a runner, to be honest. Um, I don't think when I first started running, like I just had the, the proper mechanics for it. So it's just been a long time. I'm not like a really talented. I've never been talented. Um, there's so many kids these days, just look at them and think, geez, they have an amazing running style and doing so many amazing things, running so many amazing times. Um, it's just amazing. But Personally, I've never really been all that great of a runner um, when I first started running. So in high school, I was never a standout. I only started to get okay at running in probably grade 10 or something like that, but nothing outstanding. Um, so I think I've just been gradually turning myself into a runner, to be honest. I was quite a bulky bloke. Um, I used to play a lot of AFL. Um, so I'm quite you know, tall and um, broad for a runner these days. Um, I actually get comments quite a lot into stakes. People don't really know who I am over there. And if I take up, take off fast and win a race or something like that, um, they quite often say, oh, we didn't think you'd do that. Um, we thought, you know, someone of your sort of size would blow up. <laughs> yeah. so it's good to show doubters wrong, I think. Um, but, you know, I'm not your natural sort of runner, especially for mountain running. You look at most good mountain runners, they're sort of quite nuggety and um, short and light. Um, whereas I think my sort of strengths is more in my, um, in my strength, um, yeah. in my legs and things like that. So yeah, I've never really been built for running, but I've turned myself into a runner and the shoes have definitely helped and be, you know, just becoming a more natural sort of, um, four foot runner. Yeah, no, I feel confident, um, now in terms of injuries. I don't really, I mean, all runners have niggles as you know, Brian, but I haven't really had any major things besides the hammies for a long time now, which has been really good. Yeah, that's great. First of all, I'd like to disagree. I think you, I think you are a runner. I think you're a bit harsh on yourself. I think it all depends on what training you're doing as well because there would have been a lot of runners you would have gone up against would have been doing a lot more mileage or specific to what the event is. So I think you've always been a runner. I think you're a bit harsh on yourself. So <laughs> I think you're too kind, Brian. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, do you see yourself coaching, mate? Is this something you'd like to go into eventually as well or...? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to do that. And I know you get a lot out of it and, you know, it's really rewarding for you. So, it's, you know, it's been great to see you pick it up and just run with it and create this um, amazing business that you've created and seeing all those happy runners um, that you're training and seeing all their PBs. That's awesome. Thanks, mate. Um, but yeah, I'm doing the um, Make Me a Marathoner or assisting with that at the moment. Oh, great. Yeah. Main road runners. We've got three runners and obviously Cadbury's was cancelled. So I'd planned, I'd done 12 week planners going into that. Um, may as well just rip them up now because yeah, okay. uh, now I think in April or something. Yeah. So I've got to redo all the um, planning schedules, but that's been really rewarding. And I'm one of those people that are open to anyone coming up to me and just asking about my training or what I'd recommend. And um, I've had a few people do that in the past. I'm more than happy to have a chat, give them a mobile number. And, you know, I found that really rewarding as well. So yeah, I, I could see myself doing that for sure. Great. And that's a beauty, like uh, I've always said, as soon as I think I know it all, I'm in trouble. I think you've always got to keep on learning and reading and, yeah. and it works for so many uh, different runners will 
operate on more mileage and some people get away with less mileage. It's finding what works for that person. And I think that's a beauty, isn't it? Just yeah. not one model fits all, which is awesome. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. And that's the most valuable thing you can learn in running, I think, is that everyone's different. Uh, everyone's a different person. And I'm sure that you sit down with all your runners and you get all their details, see what their strengths are and what they feel, you know, that they're not confident with and just work with them each individually. Yeah. Um, that's the best thing you can do for a young runner or someone just starting or someone who wants to improve. You just need to find um, what works for them. And obviously it's working for you because, you know, it's raining PBs at everyday lines at the minute. <laughs> you know, well, hopefully it keeps on running, so <laughs> which would be nice. But uh, like you said, it's personally, it's given me more than I'll be able to ever give it. It's a, it's a different kind of feeling, but it's a, I don't know, it's a nice feeling. I'm not running, so it feels like I'm part of the running community. So and like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I, I reckon you make a fantastic coach, mate. So, oh, Thanks, mate. But no, you'll always be a, a part of the running community, Brian, no matter what you do. I think you're a leading pillar. So, Oh, thank you, mate. Legend. <laughs> Some role models in your life, mate, people who you really look up to. It doesn't even have to be sport. It can be life or people you even work with. Yeah, so um, I'm, again, I'm one of those people that I've taken a lot from my family. Um, so especially, as I said before, I don't think I'm naturally all that talented as a runner, especially when I first started, had to work at it. Um, and my mum and dad and my nan and pop and my sister, they're all really hard workers. My fiance, Kirsty, she's really hard worker and always trying to get the best out of herself, um, with a degree and stuff like that and getting HDs cause she just works so hard. So having those sort of people around you and sort of trying to emulate that, um, I think I've had really good role models all around me all my life and I've just been really really lucky and I wouldn't be the person I am today without having my mum and dad my sister my nan and pop my extended family friends Kirsty, and yeah I've just been really lucky um in terms of sports I mean you don't have to look far past Tassie really to be honest um I like to get inspiration from people who are, are close to me and looking you know seeing them at races and things like that seeing them progress um I mean you've got um, Stuart McSween at the moment is running so well um, stuff like that but personally people like um, Amy Lampret, um, Stu Gibson you know just those awesome local runners who are doing really well on the trails you know yourself Josh Harris on the road um, some really talented um, Tasmanians which is really awesome I always get inspiration from them um, but that being said I mean I love having chats with people at the start line yeah. And usually the people, you know, who are towards the back of the field or in the middle of the field have, you know, some of the most interesting stories and it's really great to hear um, their stories. And I get a lot, a lot of inspiration from just so many different people and hearing, you know, how they got into running, what they're doing, what their goals are. And yeah, I could, I could talk all day about inspirations, but I think you can get them from so many sources in Tassie, that's for sure. Yeah. And you're right. I know just at Park Run, there are so many different stories, like if it's depression or weight loss and, why they're doing park run and how it happened. Uh, like you said, it's 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 amazing and, and everyone does have a story. You just got to listen, I guess, and, and try and probe into their story if they're willing to tell it. Yeah, and like the volunteers, for example, park run, like that's just amazing. I can imagine myself doing that week in, week out. Maybe when I'm, you know, in the future or something like that, when I'm not as busy at work and stuff like that. But that's pretty inspiring too, like people giving back to their community yeah um, and volunteering and stuff like that it's just really cool to see it races and races and now sport wouldn't happen without volunteers so so many people spending countless of hours beyond the scenes which is amazing yeah nailed it and i'm the same i i need to give back i've probably got the time now on a weekend it's something that i will do for sure and i won't i'll stop talking about it so it's it's something that i and it's it becomes a social thing anyway i think like you go along you see have many your faces you can have a coffee afterwards yeah, definitely. And everyone in the Tassie, not necessarily the Tassie running community, but running community in general seem to be really approachable. Um, I've made instant friends traveling interstate at races, just having a chat to someone. And, um, you know, I've formed a lot of relationships through running and I wouldn't be where I am today without forming those sort of relationships. So all my best mates are from running yeah. um, and I'm sure I'll continue to build relationships through running. That's for sure. Oh, nailed it, mate. Two guys you mentioned today on the show, Dion and um, – well, well, the two Dion's. Yeah, um, I mean, John Dutton and Dion, they're two blokes as well that I've met through running. And whenever we're in Melbourne, I'll bring them up or chat and we'll go for a run. So it's an amazing sport. 
Oh, it is definitely. And, you know, so many sports that you can turn up at the start line and be running, you know, besides Olympians like Benson Lawrence and people like that. Absolutely. Uh, so we're pretty lucky in terms of that and being able to have a chat to them because, you know, all those Olympians are just um, so approachable and always willing to have a chat from my experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you can't do that on like an AFL field. You can't be jumping on the field and, and having a kick with I've them, had, can you? I had a few bad experiences trying to, when I was a little kid trying to get autographs from AFL players. And I think um, some sports, there's a lot of self-entitlement there. And, um, you know, I think running's very basic and everyone's down to earth and, um, you know, there's not a lot of money involved. Um, so they're just doing it out of love and always willing to reach out. Absolutely. And I think, I think everyone can relate to if you run an hour and 20 for 10K or, or sub 30 minutes, I think everyone can relate that it bloody hurts. doesn't matter yeah. what everyone you're running in. Yeah. Everyone out there's hurting and everyone out there is um, doing it for a different cause and different reasons. So Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And some mantras that you live by, mate, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but have you got anything that you that you really – I don't know, like, if it is to be, it's up to me or a saying or... I'm really into, it might surprise some people, really into heavy music and heavy metal. But I wouldn't have picked that. <laughs> not the real death metal. I like inspiring metal songs. So usually I get inspiration from those sort of songs. Like, I listen to a specific song before a race, like Triple Tops. Um, okay. <laughs> Brilliant. It's like a line, just you won't break me sort of thing. It was running through my head through triple tops, just aiming <laughs> force, obviously, because it has broken me before. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I just have different mantras. I think a really important thing for me is visualisation. So every morning um, I've got a, probably a 15-minute walk to work um, and I'll just listen to music and just visualise an upcoming race, and that's where I get a lot of my mantras from for a specific race. Um, and those lyrics just come into my head when I'm trying to push hard. And um, I think you know, heavy metal is good for running. You get a bit of the anger out and um, I, I look pretty calm on the surface, but on the inside, I've got a lot of heavy me- music going around my head. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And that stuff's brilliant. It's been scientifically proven that that stuff works. So that's that's awesome that you've got that, I don't know, is it what they say, the tools in the arm? Is that what they say? Is that the saying? That you yeah. can, can bring that out and, and, and visualise it and it works, mate. So that's fantastic. Yeah, it's definitely worked for me. Um, and I'll visualise sections that I haven't ran all that great at the previous year, for example, and picturing how I do that differently. So visualisation's always been really, really important for me as a runner. And um, I think I've never really been all that high on confidence. So I think visualising gives you more confidence in your ability and um, being able to run fast times. Great. Awesome. And closing out today, mate, some values that you live by in your life. Uh, values in your life I should say yeah definitely honesty is a really big one for me Um, probably sounds a bit like stereotypical but definitely honesty um, determination hard work and loyalty and I think I've sort of tried to instill those values in myself and the way I go about life because I've just picked those up from my family and as I said before I've just got brilliant role models around me so um Definitely those values stick out to me and, um, yeah, I just think hard work, honesty, and if everyone was like that in the world, I think, don't think we'd have too many issues, so. Yeah, great. And they're good values to live by. Uh, I know personally, honesty is one of my values, and if I don't align with the values I've got, I'm in trouble. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think you've, that's a good, good set of values there. Yeah, and I think you've got to hold yourself accountable as well. And as I said before, like if you've got those values instilled within you, then, you know, um, you can always try and strive to be your best self and um, focus on those values. Beautiful. Thanks for your time. Listeners, this has been David Bailey. Thanks, Brian. Good to chat with you as always. Cheers. I've been Brian Lyons, your host, and this has been the Everyday Lions podcast. Thank you, David. Thanks, mate. Chat soon.
Listeners, that was David Bailey, and I think you'd agree that David is an intelligent young guy. I wish David all the best with his future goals and endeavours, and hopefully he can get that hamstring right and run another 100km event and represent his country. If you did enjoy this podcast, please reach out to David. I reckon he'd think that was pretty cool. Also, don't forget Everyday Lions offers 8-week, 12-week, 16-week and yearly programs at affordable prices. If you'd like to find out more information about this, you can head over to www.everydaylions.org and check out the Everyday Lions and Tax Centre Great Train Race. 7km and 2km kids race. You can also check that out at www.everydaylions.org. Until next time, I've been your host, Brian Lyons. This is the Everyday Lions podcast, and happy running.